0: jesus father we do thank you for your immense love for us that your grace over our life your truth that resounds in our hearts and continually leads us and guides us to your perfect will lord we want that more than anything and we celebrate that that lord more than we want it you want to give it to us and so we we receive it and we thank you for it it's in your son jesus precious name amen and amen well um we're going to look again at this thing about deeds about indeed about serving and about freedom we just came through celebrating our country's um this the, the day we called the declaration of independence and i always i always have to revel in the fact that it was just a declaration nothing had happened yet they just said we're tired of it we are not going to take this anymore and all of a sudden because they said that and then they signed it and we read last Sunday morning of what all the men that went through that signed that. They knew they were signing away. Very, it was a, it was a very weighty, heavy thing that decision they made to say, we are giving that up and we're going to do that. And the same thing happened with Jesus. The same, it, before they ever did it, it was because of what Jesus did in them that gave them the desire and the understanding of what freedom was. That's why it was written mainly because of what God had done in them, this thing of freedom, and um, in John chapter eight, we're, we're going to we're continuing our summer of renewal, renewing the inside, renewing our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, and so tonight we're going to look at free indeed. What we do, how we do it. We're free indeed, free to do things, and not out of not out of guilt, not out of shame, not out of dead, indebtedness. Like oh, I got to do this we're going to look at some of these things that it's just a beautiful awesome relationship that God calls us into to where it's a joy and honor to get to to walk hand in hand with our creator. And so this this in John 8:36, Jesus is having some intense fellowship with the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees. And um they're talking about whose children they are and who they obey and and um there's a very familiar passage of scripture where in John eight thirty six it says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. In other words, you're going to be absolutely free to do things the way God wants you to do them. If, if Jesus is the one that does it, and as a result, the uh, religious leaders of his day begin to challenge him on the freedom that he experienced. They're challenging God about freedom. He's trying to get them to understand what it looks like. And then they begin to call him out. And actually, at one point, Jesus has to go ahead and break it down on them and say, God's not really your father. He ain't really your daddy. Because if he was your daddy, you would understand the words I'm saying to you. You would, you would grasp what I'm saying, but you can't even understand the principles I'm talking to you about the kingdom. And matter of fact, he says, your daddy happens to be the devil. That's what he he, he He decided to let them know the truth that. Hey, you're just following some rules and some regulations. And because of that, you've missed the grace of God that's standing right here in front of you. You've missed the son of God standing here trying to lead you to freedom. And you're so locked into what you think it looks like and what it is that you're wrapped up in your own little world and you're missing it. And so, um, yeah, that, that was one that, that he said, this is what he meant. He said, I want you to be free. Matter of fact, Paul picks this same thing up. In Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Look what it says here. It says, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Now I want to stay here before we even go any further. This is one, this is the will of God. You know, we struggle a lot of times of what the will of God is for our life. And I want to tell you very assuredly and with all the... Uh, um, the truth and honesty I can, Jesus called us to freedom. He wants us to be free. This is the will of God. I mean, we, we struggle with, where am I supposed to live? Where am I, you know, am I supposed to get this? Where am I supposed to go to school? What am I supposed to, you know, some of us struggle with, where, where should I go to lunch? Where should, where should I go to dinner? We, all these real decisions that go, what do I do, God? I remember one time a, a pastor was saying, he, he was praying because he was trying to be real spiritual and like, Lord, where do you want me to go eat? And God, he said, he said God clearly spoke to him and said, eat wherever you want to. A, <laughs> it was a clear, definite, I don't care. That's one you get to choose. Eat wherever you want to eat. Um, there's a lot of times we get bogged down in the daily decisions of life. And Jesus said, we're to revel in the fact, and we're to rest and enjoy the fact that that's his will. He wants to be free. This, he wants you free more than you want to be free. That's the beauty of what Jesus does, that it's not a matter of, of, of me trying to get a list of if I do this, 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 and this, then that's going to do it for me, and I'll be in right standing with God. And God says, hey, hey. I just want to enjoy, I want you to enjoy the freedom I've already provided for you. And so the Galatians have been having a struggle, the church at Galatia. As a matter of fact, and we're not going to turn there, but in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, he actually, Paul says, who cast a spell on you? Who, who got you thinking in a way that you started out really in the spirit, loving God and, and understanding that his grace is motivating and working in and through you? Who bewitched you to think that now that you've begun that way, that somehow you can fulfill the rest of it by your own flesh, by your own ability? And so um, he, he shows up again here and says, it is for freedom that Christ sets you free. That's his whole purpose that he did it for. It was for you and I. It was He wanted us to experience it. And can I challenge you for a moment? Stop just a moment and enjoy that. Instead of thinking about what's wrong, what you haven't done, what you didn't get right, what you, you know, think about it. This isn't where God has this test for you. you. Anybody remember when you used to take a test and you would, you would think about it like after and you'd keep thinking about it. You're like, what? I got that wrong. Oh no, I, I didn't do that. And some of y'all didn't care anyway because, you know, especially if it was bubbles, you do Christmas trees and you go, hey, that's a good one. Look at that one. But, But remember, you would strain and you would begin to think, did I get that right? Or uh, It can be something as simple as an interview for a job, and you're thinking, oh, did I say the right thing? Or it could be meeting someone new for the first time, and you're thinking, oh, did I say what, oh, I I said that right. Could we stop for just a moment and, and just revel in the fact and enjoy the fact it is God's will for us to be free? That is, It is his will that we get to celebrate this. And then he goes on to say, stand firm. In other words, when somebody tells you to stand firm, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be a challenge. (laughs) He didn't say, relax, take it easy. He said, stand firm because when you start experiencing freedom... What's gonna happen is there's something coming at you that's going to take you right back into bondage. And he says, stand firm then, and do not, what, let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's saying, in other words, look, now that you've experienced the freedom that God gives us, like, whoo, I can see. <laughs> so, so as we look at this, I want us to think about, we're gonna read a little bit here in Galatians, we can get burdened down with and bogged down in to do lists, and stop celebrating what Jesus has already done. And I want to challenge tonight that as we celebrate what he's already done, the freedom he's already brought us, then we get to revel in it and then we get to work from that place, not to that place. See, most people work to freedom instead of from freedom. The work's already finished. Jesus already did it and we're going to see that. Next verse says this, Verse 2, it says, Mark my words, and there's no pun intended, (laughs) I, Paul, (laughs) tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, he's talking about an outward expression of faith that says, hey, Christ will be of no value to you at all. In other words, if you try to do things in your own effort, thinking that by the law, somehow I'm going to be good enough and I'll pay for my own way, God, I know you took care of it, but I'm going to pay for my own way. Then what you've done is you've just cut yourself off from actually the grace of God that God's already provided. You know, we're supposed to work from that grace. It's it's, it's like this. This this is where this all came to me, y'all. So this last, you know, like the last ten days, I had this little blonde fellow running around my house, a little little bundle of a little hanger native of energy. Pretty chill, pretty. I mean, chill. Man, G-Paw had a great time every morning waking up and getting that little booger out. Every, every morning, it was G-Paw sitting in his bed, and I, in his big boy bed. And I'd come in and get all the sugar I could get. And he's like, yeah. And then we'd look at the map or we'd look at the airplanes. My wife's got a beautiful little room decorated for the kids, grandkids. and So I'm sitting there with G-Paw, and we sit there. And then we'd go play. As soon as that happened, we had to get him to go play cars because that man, that that young man loves cars. Everything is uh, trucks and tractors and cars and and everything's a car. And it's called, hey, G. Paul, look at this. And G. has got a white truck and G. got a white car. And this he's got him a truck. This is G. white car. This is G. white car. This is this is G. G's jeep. This is you know this is this is Daddy's black car. This is Mama's blue car. He's got every car, all thing. So we would do it, and he, I mean. After our playtime, then we've got to have breakfast, and I get to fix that. But then after our playtime, the floor looks like a hand grenade went off of cards. And so we had two choices. I could have either told him, Oliver, I want you to pick all those up. Put those back in the box. Put, put, put those back in the box. <laughs> and, and he would have. Believe me, he would have like, okay. But you know what I would do? I'd say, hey, Ollie. Hey, Ollie, guess what, man? We need we need to put these up and then we're going to eat some breakfast and so jeep would get down there on the floor with him We start throwing these things and we'd start putting them in there go, hey here come this car and he start. it was such a joy for us to do it together instead of me telling him out of fear of punishment that it was a relationship and he goes man this is fun i like doing this it's not me doing it and then going okay i'll okay i'll do it jeep because i don't want to be in trouble it's the same thing as I was sitting here going over. It's the same thing we do. When, okay, God, I'll obey the law. I'll do it instead of having a relationship where it's not a burden for me to be able to walk with him and to experience his grace, to walk this thing out. It's not me trying to do it. It's me in relationship with him. I'm like, here, let me, you, let me help you with that. I'm like, come on, God, help me with this. I, I can't do that very well anyway. I'll mess it up. Come on. And so it's a joy as we walk with God through this. It's not something that we try to make happen on our own. It's something that we stay in relationship with him. I want to tell you, that happened day after day, afternoon after noon, night after night. (laughs) That wasn't a one-time experience. Let me tell you, I got this thing grafted and ingrained in me. Because it started with cars, and then he would go to balls. And we had little, we got all kind of little balls and snowballs and all kind of bouncy balls and everything. And then we throwing them. And we're just going all, woo, woo. And, of course, my wife's ducking. Like, hey, we're, we're just having a blast. And the same thing with the balls. Hey, hey, I. Hey, watch this. And I'd grab one. And I'd shoot it from way off. Woo. He'd go, gee, paw, gee, paw. And I'd make it. like, so he'd try to get way back and he'd throw it. He'd go all over the place. <laughs> but. What he finally do is then I'd get closer and I'd start, and he'd start throwing them in there. As we look at this thing of, of freedom, God walks this out of us and walks it out with us. It's never a thing where I'm supposed to, like I'm supposed to impress God by my freedom. Look how free I am, God. I'll do it and then you come on and help me. I want to tell us tonight and encourage us with this. That on my best day I can't be free on my own strength and my own effort. It will always, it will always, actually, the second I try to do it, I go into bondage under the law that I'm somehow adding to what Jesus already did. That's why it goes on to say, Again, I declare to you that, first of all, is no value, that the, the Christ will be of no value to you at all. In other words, the most glorious, most powerful the most transformative event in human history is of no value because the cross of Christ got uh, demoralized and brought down to the level of me doing something for God instead of Him doing something for me. And so what will end up happening is then I've got to carry on and basically we become... If it were, like somebody in a circus spinning plates. Let me get this. Oh, let me get. Oh, I got to get. I got to keep all these plates spinning. I'm not going to be good. God, you're not going to love me. So we, we we get relegated to spinning plates instead of saying, God, let them all fall. Jesus, I just need to to do you. And that's why it says, I, again, I declare it to every man who lets himself. And this is talking about circumcision, but it talks about an outward act, something that the law represented that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And then in verse 4, and he goes and says, you who are trying to be justified by the law, what did he say? Have been alienated. Alienated from Christ. In other words, any part of you, any part of me that is relying on my goodness, on my ability to make myself right, or my ability to put myself, my good deeds, my good works, even though they seem religious or they seem good, I am basically saying, God, Jesus, I really don't need you. I got this myself. I can do this myself. And so we alienate ourselves from Christ. And it says, you have fallen away. You have fallen away from this word that we call grace. And I know that there's an acronym for that, God's riches at Christ's expense. But I want to tell you something. Um, I want to tell you that God, it's not just His riches at Christ's expense, it's His everything that He's given. There is, there is nothing that we can possibly do apart from the grace of God. As believers, we're called to give, go all in. It's like... It's like this. Anybody ever went out to eat with somebody and they picked up the tab? Or anybody do something generous for you and you think, I gotta do something back for them. I, I, oh, I, I, I'll get you next time. I'll show you. I had a friend of mine that, um, that I, when our friendship first started, it's about 10, 15 years ago, we, we, we were friends and we'd go out to eat and we'd hang out and he'd always want to pick up the tab. I'm like, I got money. I'm going to that. You <laughs> think you are. I got, choo, so it, it was a race to the, I'd sneak back to, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> Come back to the table like, it's all good. Like, I got you that time. And then one day he sat down and we we're talking. And he goes, you know, he said, I know you, you, I'm sure you can pay for this, but you're robbing me of the joy. I love to, this is what I love to do. And he said, I promise you, I can afford it a lot more than you can. I went. That's true. (laughs) But in my own efforts, I thought, I've got to do this. You did it for me. I've got to do something for you. And this is where we get into this whole thing. That you are trying to be justified by the law. You're trying to be justified And and so doing your alienate yourself, it's kind of like this, that God has deposited in your account, into my account, everything that we will ever need to handle, everything we will ever face. From now until all of eternity, it's already deposited into our our account. And it's like me going and saying, "That's not enough. I'm going to deposit some in my own account. Thank you, God, but I'll deposit my, I can spend my own money. Remember... When you first got your first job and you got your own money and you thought, hey, I got some money, I can I can go. But you still wanted mom and dad's because they, you were more generous with theirs than you were with your own. You wanted to hang on like, uh-oh, I ain't going to spend my, hey, y'all got a little. If they wanted to pay a little extra, hey, go right ahead. This is what happens that somehow we think that we can add to this thing of freedom that by our good works, by what we do, that God is somehow more impressive and we're depositing stuff into our own account and what we're doing, we're literally nullifying the grace of God. We're saying, God, I've got it. This thing of gratitude and, and there, there's three main reasons why this gratitude, why it kicks up and why this can happen in our lives. The, the first is this, is, you know, remember that the first joyful when somebody Somebody blesses you, and at first it's real joyous. Like, wow! You feel love. You feel excited. Like, you know, anybody ever paid for your meal that you didn't know? I've had that happen once. Where that's why I still love to do it. I love to make people think like, who paid? For, who? Who did that? Who? Who did that? Make them just just boggle their mind. Like, somebody paid for my meal. <laughs> Remember, or or whatever it is that you know. Look, I love you know sneak around, go cut somebody's grass without them even knowing it. What? Of course you gotta be careful. That, that was an older thing now. Somebody's like, you cut my grass. (laughs) You did not have it the right height. You know, I cut it at three inches. You cut it at two seven, you know, 2.75 inches. (laughs) There's some of those, if you see a lawn like that, don't touch it. But there's some you see like, oh yeah, they'll be like, however you cut it, it, don't matter. Just take it. But when, when we look at this thing and we're, we're thinking of somehow that Remember that joy of of man that feels so good, and then out of that joy, if we're not careful, that's where it translates into. Somehow, I need to pay him back. Many times we do that with God. That you know, we you've heard the sayings. Why well, he's been so good to me, I could never pay him back for all the goodness he's shown me. But I'm gonna sure try. I'm, I'm gonna sure do it because of how good He's been to me. I'm gonna be good to you, God. And and like I love what what the Scripture tells us: our our goodness, our best, highest achievement. I mean, when we knock it out of the park and really, I mean, we send it with you know bases loaded. We send it out. It's like filthy rags, and it's like, "That's all you got." <laughs> That's the best you can do. I just hit a quadruple, you know. I just hit those every time. I hit it out of the park every time, not once. And so the first thing is indebtedness, if we're not careful, it, it can turn into this thing of a feeling of I have to pay him back for something he's done for me. And I want to tell you, I want to release you that, yes, I am grateful for everything he's done But I'm still just as reliant on everything he's done to carry me today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Not just simply what he's done in the past, which is our second thing, is that um, it it really what this does, it diminishes what Jesus did on the cross. Without even realizing it, we're thinking somehow that I'm going to be good and that somehow by my gratitude and me showing my gratitude, that somehow it's like, there, Jesus. Look what I did for you. Instead of going, hey, guess what? I already did that for you. It's a thing where we don't have to get in this mindset that, um, that, that somehow anything that I've done, it it makes me righteous before God. That I've got it from here. That the same thing it said in Galatians 3 that we can't ever get to that place where somehow I feel like I've done this. Um, it, it's there again. It's like trying to deposit more into an account that's already infinitely full. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add to You can't add anything to God's grace. You can't add any to, anything to God's goodness. If you do, it will just taint you, not even him. It won't even mess him up. It'll mess you up. It'll mess me up. So I want to challenge us that this thing of freedom is powerful. The other third reason, this thing of just gratitude and trying to, trying to think, um, we think somehow that, um, that, um, that by how much he's done for us, that I've got to do even more. You, you know how you, you, you see anybody that want to out gift somebody? Well, you gave me this. Well, I'll show you. You think that was good. Wait to, see, they do a thing here. We do a, a thing at Christmas time where we do at the school. They'll do Secret Santa and I stopped participating. <laughs> Because I found out I was doing more for my secret Santa people. I was doing more of them for my own children. I was like, whoa. Because I felt like I had to out-gift them. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, Look what, I got this. And it wasn't even the same person. It was somebody else. So somebody got blessed because I kept getting more blessed. I'm like, I'll keep giving. I'll keep. So when we look at this thing of doing and giving, it's not because, Lord, it's in response to, look what you've done. It's in response to God Your grace is all sufficient. Your grace is all encompassing. Your grace is a, is, it gives me the ability to do what I do and do it in a right spirit and not with a thing of saying, somehow I nailed it and I did this and somehow now I'm worthy. I'm worthy. It, it forgets the thing that in Galatians, we're not going to turn there a little bit down in this chapter where it's the gift it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the love, joy, peace, patience. It's the fruit of his spirit operating in us that gives us the ability to do this in a, in a very powerful way. Now, why is it important for us to understand this freedom aspect? It's real simple. Paul goes on to tell us in Galatians 5, in the, in the 13th chapter, we're going to slip down there. He goes, and, and he does a little bit more back and forth about our confidence in the Lord and, and that really we should take no other view that we have to realize that it belongs to him. Um, he, this is what he says in verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, in other words, if I did something good, if I didn't do something, if I followed the law, if I didn't follow, he said circumcision, uncircumcision has no, any value, has no value. And by the way, let me, let me do, I do need to give you a little history lesson. I, I forgot. There is a part of this that there was a group called the Judaizers. And they were, they were literally trying to make people the Gentiles. This is who Paul was trying to reach. He was reaching people that were not Jews. They were Gentiles. And there was a group of people, the Judaizers, that said, well, you're not a real believer until you go all the way. And so I want you to follow all the law. Yeah, Jesus did a great thing, but you got to get in the law too. you got to do this, 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 and this. And Paul's saying, stop it. How dare you think, it wasn't saying that it's not, it's bad to do anything good. It's like, it's not, that's not the point. The point is you're trying to add to what God's already done. You're trying to take over God's part and you're trying to determine your righteousness by what you did instead of your righteousness by what he did. So that's why it says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And then in verse 13, look what it says here. You, my brothers and sisters, were what? Hello there. Hello, you free people. Freedom. You were called to, to be free. Can you, can you hear that clarion call? Freedom. He's called us to it. That's what he said. You, my brothers and sisters, we're called to be free. Free to love God in the way that he loves to be loved. Free to experience his grace that he's already provided. Free to experience his purpose the way he wants to. Free to discover the gifts and talents he's placed within you. Free to do it. And he says, what? You are called to freedom. And then he goes, but. And we know about that word, but it's like, Hey, that's good. It's like if somebody told you, you know, look, you really look good today. But how many know you're not even worried about what good look, how good you look? You want to what, 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 what's the, what's that thing? But and you're like, Oh, I'm fixing to get nailed here. And Paul's saying, look, you're called to freedom, but he's saying, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. In other words, Yes, I'm free. Paul put it this way in Corinthians. I'm free to do all things, but I only choose those things that are beneficial to me. In other words, nobody has master except for Jesus over me. That I don't have to answer to any man. I have to answer to God and him alone. Yes, for things I do against, yes, I will. There is restitution made. But in, in eternity, what we're looking at is we're saying, hey, and as we operate down here, if I stay connected this way and I'm not allowing my freedom to say, hey, I'm free. I get to indulge this place. I can do what I want, and Jesus says, "No, you can." We actually become actually slaves. What it said in in uh, in John chapter six. I mean, John eight, that we actually become in debt to say, "Hey, I'm free from the law, but I'm I'm actually become a slave to serve in the way God wants me to in a beautiful way. I choose to put myself in there." And it says, um, "Rather." But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, let's switch it to what? Serve one another humbly in love. In other words, it's not about me. It's about others. It's about, hey, look, yeah, I've got the freedom. I'm going to use this freedom, God, you've given me. You'd be surprised at at I've had more people that said, I feel like I'm taking advantage of you. I said, you can never take advantage of me. The same way Jesus, when Jesus gave his life, Jesus said... You ain't taking my life. They thought they were doing something to him. He said, "What? What? You think you're taking my life? Nobody can take my life. I choose to give it." Let me say to you, as you stay connected to Christ, nobody can take your life. You choose. I choose to give it. I already gave it away. My, my, I gave it away in, you know, 1986, February the night. I gave my life away. I said, "Lord, it's yours. It's no longer mine. It belongs to you." And I never took it back. I said, "Lord, it's yours. I'm going to just." It's always, and every day I continually, Lord, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. So nobody can take advantage. I choose to say, hey, I'm going to give because of what? Out of what he's done in me. Not because of, hey, I want to be right with him, but because I already am. I'm now, this, check this out, I become, a ser, I become a son instead of a servant. I become a son of God. Like, like executing my daddy's business. I'm, I'm like walking around, daddy, what you want to do today? Who you want to bless, Lord? You? That's what Jesus went about, doing the Father's business. hmm somebody's going to get healed today. Somebody's going to get blessed today. Somebody's fixing it. Daddy's going to take care of it. And instead of him going, okay, okay, he's like, okay, let's do this. This is a freedom walk that we get with Jesus. It frees us up to do things in a manner. Now, i got to be honest. Can I be honest? Can I share my sins with you? <laughs> the other day, You know, I shared this morning about time and I got checked because I I usually take Sunday afternoon and just spend it with the Lord and just say, praying again. I I get these things wrote up, but then you got to pray through them. And as I was going through this point, Lord said, what about on uh, it was Thursday last week? And I said, Lord, what about Thursday last week? And he mentioned the name. I said, oh, I said, I did it. I was there, but I'll be honest. I went through the motions. I, I literally, because of a time crunch, I was in. Instead of what I was doing at that moment, that was the most important at that moment. I took, and I helped a family. I moved them. I, I could have literally said, "Okay, I moved." You know, you know, a little, a, 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 somebody called needing help, and they had three babies under the age of three, and you know, a lot, a big challenge. And I'm like, "Hey, I'll help." Then when I started helping, how many of you know sometimes things get a lot bigger than what they said they needed? <laughs> well, well, hey, since, you know, since you're doing that, can we just go ahead and can you move us too? <laughs> get, what? So as they're getting their lawnmower it has got all this junk and throwing it in, in there and it's getting everything messy, I'm like, hold oh, it, that's all that dirt, whoa, what, what are you doing? And as I began to look at all this stuff and, and oh, I, hey, we're going to get this. And so I ended up packing a whole van full of stuff. And I, At that point, I'm going, okay, I, I thought this is you just needed a ride. <laughs> you just needed a ride. And I was thinking, Lord, you're right. <laughs> My heart was not right in that moment. I was like. I started out, right? I started out good, but I instantly went into the flesh going, and then I realized, Lord, forgive me. But since then I have talked with them and was able to, to help not, not in a sense of going, Hey, I got, I'm indebted, but I am a, a thing of serving. I get to serve you and, and, you know, forgive. And they knew, they could tell. How many of you know somebody knows when you're reluctantly helping them? You know that when somebody goes, yeah, I'll help you. Okay. Now I was moving stuff. Here, let me get this. Here, let me get this. Maybe it's because of how fast I was walking it out and putting it into their, their hotel room. Okay, here, let's put this stuff in here. Oh, yeah, let's get this stuff in here. <laughs> I just want to say to us that God's given us the ability, the freedom that we have, we get to use that to serve other people. We get to use that to freely give. Freely you receive, freely give. It's, 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 a, it's a flow through. And then it says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. So freedom is what the will of God is. You can celebrate that. Don't ever get bogged down to, well, I didn't do this. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your freedom. It's fulfilled in one. love your neighbor as yourself. I want to tell you, this is something that the church has got to get back to. We've got to get back to loving our neighbor. And who's your neighbor? We're not going to go into that story tonight. But Jesus made it very clear that, that of all the people, of all the people that helped, there's only one. And it was a Samaritan that came by. It's the story of the good Samaritan. And a priest, and a Levi, they all go by. Nobody helps him but only one. And, and I'm just telling you that for us, we've got to get back to not just simply helping those that are us, but the, those that aren't us. Jesus said it this way, what does it profit you to just love those who love you? How good is that? It's like, look, it's easy when they're just telling you how wonderful you are. It's, it's rough when they're telling you, when they're not so nice about when you're serving and when you're helping, and when you're making a difference. Um, That's the ones that matter the most. And I promise you, as this church continues to move forward, I believe that we're going to see more miracles because of getting involved in people's lives that aren't us. I believe it'll be we'll still be experiencing, but it'll be even greater because of the people experiencing the grace of God in a way they've never experienced that you demonstrate. What? You don't even know me. It's like, yeah, I don't even know you. But Jesus does. I love you. You're my neighbor. Who said Jesus? I don't pick my neighbor. Jesus already picked them. Who's your neighbor? Whoever that is that has my need. You're my neighbor. I close with this last story. That this is something that this is near and dear to my heart. It's one I've lived for many years. I can name every neighbor I've ever had, and we've moved about five different times. I can name every neighbor that's around that was around my. Starting out in a trailer, in a trailer park. I could name every one of them. And every one of them could name me. I still see some of them out in public. Like, hey, Mark. I'm like, hey. It was a thing where I chose, even at an early age, before I was ever on staff or pastor or anything, I understood that, hey, I'm supposed to. There's a, there's a responsibility as a son of God. I'm supposed to help demonstrate his kingdom to those who aren't him. And as I do that, and as we do that, what happens is people's lives are transformed. People, they, they experience things that they never, they, here's what people deal with, is God real? And I'm going to make sure they see and understand, oh yeah, he's real. Let me show you how real he is. He, he, he's about five foot five, <laughs> little Syrian. He, he comes in all shapes, sizes, and packages. This is about what he looked like. <laughs> As far as in the flesh right now, this is what God, how he operates. And I'm going to help, and you and we all need to help as a body. This is free indeed. Free to do the deeds he's called us to, that as we do that. And so, um, who's your neighbor? And, and, and what is this free indeed? We need to get back to the thing and say, Lord, I want to be used by you. And it's not because I owe you something. I could never pay, you know, he paid a debt I did not owe. I mean, he paid a debt that I owed. He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Um, I just want to say to you tonight as I close is that it's all based on Jesus. Jesus. It's all based on his grace. It's all based on the freedom he's called us. And he, he's already provided it for us. And we need to walk in that. We need to have that. We need to stand firm in it. We do not need to allow somebody to come along and say, hey, you got to do this, this, and this. No, I don't. I get to do this, this, and this. It's something I get to, not something I have to do. And, and the last thought, with, with God walking with us, just like me and like G-Paul with, with little Ollie... God loves to be right there with us walking like, yeah, come on, let's go do that. Let's do this together. Come on, let me show you how to do this. It's not me doing it. It's always better than I'm trying to look at him like, okay, I'll do it. I'll be in trouble. It's so much better than, than and if I'm an evil, gee, Paul, that's what Jesus said. If we be an evil fathers, how much more does our father in heaven give good gifts? How much more will he be right there to help walk us through that and walk that through us? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I do thank you. That Lord, it is for freedom, Lord, that you set us free. Lord, there is there is nothing in our own uh, in our own ability. There's nothing that says we deserve it, Lord. Each one of us, like sheep, Lord, we've gone astray doing our own thing. Lord, each one of us have have done things, have said things, have Lord allowed things to take control of our lives, either knowingly or unknowingly, or Either by deception, but either way, Lord God, we know that tonight, Jesus, what you did for us 2,000 years ago is still very prevalent today. Lord, we don't ever want to try to operate apart from your grace. Jesus, you said apart from you, we can do nothing. Lord, I thank you for, for driving that home in our hearts tonight. That we would never get to the place... Where we say, I've got it from here, God. That, Lord, we continually and and entrust ourselves into your grace that encompasses us. It, it, It covers us. It leads us. It guides us. It provides everything that we need. Not just for today, but tomorrow and the day after. Also from the past and for the future. Lord, we celebrate you, Jesus, tonight. We celebrate all you've done, all you are. And, Lord, we ask you Lord, I personally ask you that, Lord, you would do a work so deep on the inside of every person in this church that, Lord, it would, it would make such a difference. It wouldn't be out of debt, but it would be out of gratitude in a right way that says, wow, just out of your goodness. And out of your goodness, we operate and go and help those around us. God, I thank you for doing it. I thank you for what you have done. Lord, what you are doing and what you've yet to do in and through this body of believers. Lord, I celebrate your life here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Will you all stand up with me at this time? I'll be available for anybody that needs prayer. But we're here. And uh, we're available always to think we have others to. Not only just, let me say, not just Sunday, but through the week as well. I was cutting up with somebody today. my number's in the bulletin. It's my cell number too. We did that on purpose. You know, we, we said, hey, we, we don't want somebody to walk through something by themselves. And if I can, I can have somebody say, Hey, hey, can you go can you go minister to them? Can you do something there? So praise God. Open your hands and receive from Him. Father God, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people, and in so doing, Lord. You said, as we place your name upon them, you in turn would do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Lord.